Greetings from the Seventh Circle. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the next episode of Seventh Circle of Film. Uh, I, as always, am your host Kieran, and joining me today is our friend from Germany, coming to talk about a fun little slasher, uh, Ronya. Hi, nice to be back. Always nice to have you along. Um, so this time, actually, a decent film. A good film, yeah. I, I mean, that's why yeah. Steph isn't here. Yeah, it's, probably. That's the rule. If if it's all he, right, he, you I'm just not allowed him. him. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's nothing but decent. I mean, it's only one film, but if it's nothing but decent stuff, he isn't allowed to be here. Uh, if yeah. I can unironically enjoy every part of it, then yeah, he's not allowed within a fifty meter radius of any of this stuff. It's just shit. It, it's I said it's how I uh it's how I get off nowadays. At, just showing him awful films. At some point, he's gonna he's gonna sue you because it's literally torture. Touch of housekeeping before we kick off. Uh, I think I'm going to mention this in the next one anyway. I recorded something last night that ended up going on for nine hours. That's going to take me a fucking while and a half to edit. So I fully imagine this is going to come out first anyway. Uh, which it was very fun last night. So my voice is just dead. That's why we've been a bit inactive for the last month, which is fairly standard for this. But there's an actual reason this time. And... Uh, I did a lot of fun stuff over the last month, basically. I am slightly infamous now online, yay, for reasons, um, including a tug of war with some police. I ain't going to go into it, so I ain't going to go into the politics or any of that. This is apolitical as always, but just know uh, yeah, I had a very, very fun couple of weeks. Uh, so Hush, back in 2016, I only caught it this year, a few months ago. Fun, kind of gimmicky slasher that... You had hundreds of kind of coming out around that time. I remember Don't Breathe, Don't Breathe 2, obviously. Later in, these uh, visual impairment, audio impairment, those kind of taking away one of the senses and seeing what happens. And They uh, run out of ideas eventually, so they have to come up with new ideas. And like literally, like when I first saw this movie, I was like, oh, it's just going to be like one of those slashers. It's just going to be like an hour of entertainment, like the mediocre entertainment you expect from a slasher movie. But it's actually good. It's very hard to keep it from being gimmicky. That's uh, certain. I think Don't yeah. Breathe did a really weird fucking thing to try to stop that with the whole semen fucking milk splicer. Luckily, there's not a thing in this. <laughs> yeah, that movie didn't work for me either. But Hush somehow did. I think they did, like, uh, cinematographically, they did a great job with it. There are, of course, like, some bits and pieces... Um, that are not that good, but uh, overall, it's a really entertainment. Yeah, I think it's just pretty solid, and it, it immersed you yeah. into her perspective quite well in terms of the deafness. Obviously, in fucking Don't Breathe, they can't really immerse you into the blindness, barring just putting a black screen for the entire fucking viewing. I think there would have been like better <laughs> ways to portray things in that movie, but yeah, we, we're not talking about that yet. So <laughs> Yeah, I suppose they've done Daredevil stuff in past. And, all that. and for this, this, they're a lot better in this. They kind of imply a lot uh, and allow the audience to continue hitting shit because, I mean, it's a big facet for the film. You don't want to take away one of the senses from everyone that you can use to kind of uh, tell the story and push it along. That's pointless. So, right. Cast and crew-wise. <laughs> uh, directed by Mike Flanagan, who's done loads of shit for Netflix. Around a few of the miniseries, all of them are pretty fucking great. Uh, Blind Manor as well, the only one I haven't seen, which I've heard is pretty consistent throughout. 
if not as good as the other two. Uh, Midnight Mass, which is great. Haunting of Hill House, really great. Doctor Sleep, which I know is a bit contentious, but I really loved as a sequel to The Shining and all that. Uh, and he's currently working on the fall of the House of Usher. Can't imagine it's going to be any better than the Roger Corman versions and Vincent Price, I fucking love you. But I'm sure it'd be great. It's kind of a mini-series thing anyway, so it's taking a different swing at it um, from that short story from the old Edgar Allan Poe stuff. Uh, Writing-wise, Mike Flanagan again and his uh, wife, uh, Katie Seagull, they both kind of duet on a lot of the writing projects that he does, and she's often the star in the stuff he directs. Uh, She's worked on Oculus, the Karen Gillan mirror thing, again, Mike Flanagan stuff. Uh, Midnight Mass, Haunting Hill House, uh, Gerald's Game, which is creepy as shit. It's one of the Stephen King uh, pushes. And one of the films out of a lot of Mike Flanagan's uh, work body that I think everyone just universally likes. A lot of his other stuff, including Hush, to be fair. I've heard some retractment from uh, disparagement. And there's some elements of uh, monologues, obviously not in Hush, but in some of his other works that people really don't like, that Gerald's game kind of sidestepped quite nicely. And again, she's going to be in the fall of House of Usher. Cast-wise, Katie Seagull again. Short cast, by the way. They get away with like five, four mm-hmm. people. Uh, and one of them's barely in it. John... Yeah, that's true. It's basically yeah. two people. Yeah, pretty much. The others are in it for like five minutes apiece. Yeah. If that. Uh, John Gallagher Jr. Uh, playing man, man in mask, creepy psychopath. Yeah, we never get a main on him, right? We never get a name. You never get anything. You never get no, told get why he's doing it. Well, I mean, he's doing it for the fucking sick thrills of it. Which I don't know. Is is attacking a woman who can't scream? Is that better or is that worse for your sadistic games? I feel like that takes some of the I, fun I out know. of it. Um, yeah, I mean, at this point, like. Um... Mm. He couldn't have just stopped, so he just like went on with it. <laughs> I want to I hear some of my effects. If I'm going to put the work in, need to get some of the product out in these psychopathic I mean, games. He, he he still gets the pleasure of seeing her fear in her eyes, so I mean that does count. Yeah, it's very much got the hunter's aspect to it, I suppose. Uh, we've got, yeah, John Gully Jr. playing Matt, who's in Ten Cloverfield Lane, the one that isn't John Goodman. Uh, the Belko Experiment, which uh, weird office stuff, quite good actually, like killing thing, and Abandoned and Underwater. Uh, underwater, Kristen Stewart, also pretty good. Uh, Samantha Sloyan uh, playing Sarah, who was in the Key of Eli, Midnight Mass, Haunting of Hill House. Doesn't look like she's been in much. I think she's a friend of uh, Flanagan's and Seagulls, which is why she was put in this as well. Michael Truco playing John, who, fuck me, Wishmaster, The Prophecy Fulfilled, awful. So awful. Uh, Rom-com, Wishmaster. Fairly legal and through the glass darkly. And then finishing off, Emma Graves, who's playing Max, who was in none of this pretty much. She's in like one Skype call in one section. Um, Mm -hmm. In the Hell of Dixie, Pitch Perfect and Snitch. Uh, Special mention to Blumhouse Productions. Uh, because they don't mention it themselves. Blumhouse, I'm sure everyone's aware of the absolute garbage that they often release. You've got, like, Truth or Dare. Um, shit, I can't remember off the top of my head now for some reason, but there's a lot of crap that Blumhouse shoves through their awful factory floor. And for some yeah, reason... It's, they... it's cheap horror, usually. 
it's kind of, I think, what they stand for, right? It's a genius business model. I've, I've got to give him that. <laughs> he puts he puts like five million into every film, uh, and then just produces something like forty films a year, and then mm. that five million, if there's one massive hit, which there usually is, in fact, there always has been, uh, he pays it all off. It's a fucking genius model. I mean, you've got The Invisible Man, uh, that was Blumhouse, uh, Sound of Metal for some reason, Whiplash for some reason, two drum films, uh, Get Out, famously Blumhouse. There's all these really big, really great fucking films that they pump out, but because it's very much quantity over quality, uh, throw you know shit at the wall, see what sticks, you get mostly crap. And for some reason... They only seem to put their name against the really shit stuff. Yeah, like Blumhouse's True Vaudaire. Awful film. Pick and choose, mate. Uh, budget, box office-wise, budget, uh, one million. Pretty decent for the area. And box it's office... Just streaming? Yeah, yeah, straight streaming. Couldn't find anything. There was something... As I was looking through um, on Hush, I found one other film that was something about fucking horses that made like five million and that... For fucking ages, for hours, I was sitting, okay, that's the that's the box office then. Didn't look at it, and then once I scrolled back over, I went, hold on, what the fuck is this about? Stalking horses through the grass. Yeah, I think I there are more shit. movies that are called, like, Hush, that are not this one. I think when I, like, looked for... Because, okay, so this was on Netflix, or, like, since since I saw uh, seen it the first time, it was on Netflix, and then when we are started doing this podcast and he was like yeah watch hush and i was like yeah okay i was like 100 percent sure it's on netflix and it wasn't any longer because they i don't know why they have deleted it i don't know who I'll has go over that in just a second right but it's reason, gone yeah. everywhere so it was like okay <laughs> it's not on amazon it's nowhere like what happened to that movie so i started like googling it and yeah so apparently there are like other movies called hush as well Pretty no, fair. Pretty hard to find it. The reason you can't get it, and you can get it if you uh, not even jump on the pirate seas, if you go on fucking YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's yeah. everywhere yeah. at the moment, and because it's not on streaming, um, and I don't think people should have to go out. You should get physical media. Uh, it should exist, and you should have it because shit like this can happen where something can go missing mm-hmm. entirely, uh, and lost the time if people don't own this shit. But yeah, for now, YouTube. Uh, it's because, from what I gather, Mike Flanagan signed a deal with Amazon, which has taken away distribution rights from Netflix. But Amazon haven't put his old shit up because of a problem with Blumhouse Productions rights. Oh, that makes sense now. Because I was like, why isn't it... Like, usually you get the stuff on Amazon to buy or, like, lease. And I was like, yeah. it should be there, but it wasn't. And I was like, what happened with that? But, yeah, okay. It's a bizarre fucking set of circumstances and frankly ridiculous, but that's the way of the world sometimes. Uh, the example I always use, Deadpool, the video game, is gone. That's just, you cannot hmm. get that anymore. And it was never released um, physically, so it is just gone. The second that all those hard drives that contain it go, it's gone forever. Tragedy, a real genuine tragedy. That is... Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like what we have to deal with in, in our days now, that things that are, like, released straight to streaming, mm, yeah. it can just be, like, deleted so easily. I mean, it's the same with video games. You have, like, video games that um, certain uh, PlayStation or Xbox lose their rights to, and then you have, like, purchased um, game online and, and just, like, in, in the... Um, 
the downloadable version and this can be taken away from you if they lose the rights to it but you can if you have like a physical copy you can still like access it and, and unplay it of course because no one can take away a physical copy of a game oh, from you they have tried to of course they will the not DRM be DLCs shit. or something yeah. yeah that drm crap they've tried to take it away from people they've tried to force that online aspect to fuck up for everyone um, and we obviously had google uh, stadia that went to complete shit and yeah. everything attached to that now is just gone yeah yeah i mean things like that happen and it's like of course like if you have like a massive audience or like crowd of people that are like screaming up and are like no give us our shit back then you might have a chance to actually like that they okay like yeah we, we kind of like managed to get the rights back we, we buy things or like make it happen again but especially like with things like movies they'll be just gone and i think this will happen with a lot more like Netflix, Amazon, whatever originals that they will eventually just be gone, and you're like, "What? Where is it gone? How can I now get it? Has someone made a copy of it?" I know there's I fucking millions of them. Yeah, there's no chance all these things survive. It's not even like you're those bargain basement you find at the back of blockbusters anymore. You have to go searching through the depraved and disgusting reaches of Amazon now. Go to the really <laughs> weird shit that no one's what. If you go for Amazon shit, like you go for Netflix's stuff, you hit the real back of the store where there's films that have maybe four reviews, five reviews, and you think, who the fuck mm. made this? Why did they make this? Mm -hmm. How did they get the money to make this? And then make more mm -hmm. stuff after this. Mm -hmm. uh, that Yeah, that stuff's going to disappear because no one gives a fuck. Uh, yeah. It's a shame. Uh, because people did I'm, I'm, work I'm on that. Mentioning just land sharks. <laughs> yeah. If you ever want to watch a crap movie, I can recommend land sharks. Is yeah, I think it was called Landshark. It's the worst movie you could ever see. It looks like a teenage boy did like a home production for his college degree or something, and he failed. There you go. Keep Landsharks alive. Uh, yeah, all that stuff. Oh, actually, it won't be lost to time, Hush, to be fair, because in 2019, <laughs> two separate remakes of Hush, directed by Chikuri Tatari, Tateri, uh, were released in India. I'm not even going to try. One's in Tamil, one's in Hindi. If you want to find them, you can. Pretty much the same plot. And because it's a deaf and mute girl, it really doesn't fucking matter what language it's in, let's be fair. It's mostly yeah. in... I, I don't think it's actually in ASL. Um, I think India do have their own sign language form. I'm presuming they do. It might just yeah. be a derivative of BSL, but I doubt it. Uh, I know Australia's is a derivative of BSL. Uh, oh, and yeah, uh, filmed all in 18 days. And I did look up before, and I've got friends in the sign language community. I didn't bring them on, weirdly, because on this podcast audio format, they can't really contribute much, because they can't hear me say shit. <laughs> and I did ask them their perspective on kind of looking through it and saying how close it was uh, in terms of communication from a deaf person. And I looked online as well for a general consensus as best I could. Uh, from what I gather, I, my friends can't speak ASL, neither can I. I can do some BSL, they know BSL because we're in Britain. And they they said that from what they can tell from other people in the American Sign Language community, the signs themselves obviously are spot on. You know, she, she can do the right fucking signs because that really would be a cock-up otherwise. That'd be hilarious if she was messing up with that. Uh, but they're, they're slightly off, they're slightly too exaggerated sometimes, they're not 
quite fast enough to uh, convey someone who's very fluent in it, which I won't speculate on because, again, I don't know ASL, so I can't really push on that. Um, I can say the facial movements that she does, they do flip between the proper level of exaggerated and very muted at times, depending on Fru, but, I mean, that could just be the character. Uh, I think they did a good job, or at least Katie Seagal did a very good job kind of portraying that side of things. Think, yeah, the thing is that this is the only negative point I have about this movie is that they could have cast someone being deaf. Or, like, not even if not completed, there are actors out there that are at least in the community. So they could have gone that way, which I would have think would have, like, brought even more authentic aspect to the movie instead of like casting your wife um who is a good actress i, I don't want to like say she's a, she's a bad actress she does, she does a good job and as you say like she actually like learns to do the science correctly and she puts a lot of effort into it portraying it but it's still like someone able portraying someone being disabled and i think they could have done that better with like getting someone actually um, from that community, but that's yeah, basically the only negative thing, probably I have to say about this movie. Yeah, I mean, in, in terms it's still, of it's still good, and I can't judge it anyway. Like I can't judge anyone talking sign language because I don't even know the German one. Um, so I I couldn't be like, okay, yeah, this is wrong, this is right. Like I that this is not my place to to judge. But in in regards of like, if you have like a a large budget and you are like go into the like it's it's the major aspect of this movie is being the the um the main protagonist being deaf i think they could have gone with with someone that is also deaf or like at least partially or like yeah yeah i think it would have helped uh, i mean i'm not really one for representation i don't i think you're acting you act to act you take on different roles whether that's a disability like you had the whole brendan fraser fucking thing with the whale I didn't get it personally. Is he fat? No, but that's what an actor does. Uh, in terms of deafness, though, there's, it just changes how you act unconsciously because you have to deal with that disability and you slightly more exaggerate in some movements, some deaf people. Uh, obviously, they'll be a lot more fluid with the sign language just because they do it all the time mm -hmm. and they're, they're used to it. Uh, kind of almost a native language, you know, instilled through. So, yeah, I... I'm not saying it's a representation thing, but a deaf person would have performed better. Um, yeah, in this regard, yeah. Yeah, I am kind of impressed that she she managed to stay completely still through some of the massive sounds that push through. I'd have, I know I would have just flinched or something, so props for all of that kind of stuff. They had 18 days to film, so they are probably retakes. <laughs> 18 days isn't much. No, 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 it isn't. But like to be fair, you, they have like a pretty solid set. It's it's just one house they had to build. So it's like everything's like done in a studio. It's like they hadn't go had to go like overboard with locations and stuff. So it's yeah. So is is there a German sign language they've got? Yeah, there's a German. Sign is it is it the same uh, for Austria? They got or similar. Is it like cross compatible? Oh, that, that, you know, that I can't tell. No, so, I don't. I don't know. I seriously don't know. It's one thing I've never I, understood. I could yeah. imagine that it's kind of the same in all the uh, Germany. It's what I assume. It make it easier 
if they if they were just compatible, I'd hope. Especially that you can kind of go over to Austria and Czechoslovakia or Czech Republic, sorry, without too much hassle. Yeah. I'd, I'd obviously France is a different story entirely, completely different language. But with the um, Germanic ones, I'd hope there's some similarities. I've always found it really fucking stupid, and someone might be able to tell me why this is. I've always found it ridiculous that ASL and BSL are so far apart, given that we speak the same fucking language. That is really interesting. Like, for, like when I was a child, I genuinely thought there was just only one sign language. Because in my brain, as like a non-disabled person, this made sense. I, I do believe that there is a reason behind it, why, why there are so many different uh, sign languages as well, because of like, probably because of gestures and, and, and uh, things you do with your face and your expression anyways in your native language. But as a child, I genuinely thought it was just like, you learn sign language and then you could talk with everyone. And I thought that like, as a child, I was like, I was like, okay, I, I seriously want to learn this because then I can communicate with everyone around the world who does the same. And, like, and then at one point I realized that, oh no, like different countries have different sign languages. And I was like very disappointed. So yeah. Uh, if, if you want universal language, I mean that, that fucking European thing that went around where they were trying to get one uh, generalized, I can't remember the name of it now. But someone tried oh, to come yeah, up with a, a combined. It, but, yeah. You're probably better off learning Klingon if you're going yeah. to try to go country by country and have someone you can communicate with at some point. I, I just stick to English and it's kind of going well. Yeah. <laughs> BSL does have a lot of derivatives around that grammatically are the same. You know, there's some lexicon differences, obviously, you get as you go around just because people emphasize different words. Uh, the Australian one, uh, I think it's called Auslan which is very similar, entirely similar in the grammar and in the lettering and all that, but it just has slightly different words that are used, slightly different vocabulary, perfectly understandable. I really don't get why the Americans and the British one are different. That seems like a massive pain in the ass for everyone involved. I'd almost suspect there's some egotism behind that somewhere. Maybe that's just me fucking projecting on some of this uh, speculating. I know It might have like a very simple reason. Probably. I know some of my friends, when I ask them, they go, I don't fucking know either. <laughs> they're, they're not happy about it. I mean, how frustrating must it be that, like, when, when if you would be able to like, talk normally, you would be able to understand or, like, hear, like, that person speaking just because you can't and rely on sign language. And that, that's one of the problems as well with, I mean, it's the so deaf weird. community when you have this derision between America and Britain. It's already a fairly insular community if you can't communicate outside of sign language there's there's a small mm -hmm. population and you even get some fucking nutters who treat it like a mormon commune like some amish thing where they make their kids deaf as well these are in the minority there's only like fucking one for every thousand normal deaf people uh, there are some fucking nutters that you get occasionally it's kind of funny and it, yeah i i have actually met a couple because i i occasionally go down to a deaf club because i happen to know someone who's a nurse who which of that, she's deaf, and there are these deaf clubs, um, which are completely different from all the, the headphone shit that you get, and I don't know, like sacrificial cult clubs, deaf, D-E-A-F. <laughs> it is, but I'd recommend anyone go there uh, just to see, it is almost a different culture that you're stepping into, mm. um, it's a different, yes, it, it's just a different feel to it entirely, where you get, uh, for one, you feel like an outsider, definitely you are, um, even if you know some BSL, they can clock on that you aren't. 
uh, a native, so to speak, with all this. And it's just kind of fucking funny. As I was sitting there, um, they'll shit talk other people, but they don't (laughs) seem to have quite grasped on yet that people can see them shit talking from across the room. (laughs) Or maybe they don't care. Or I haven't, yeah. I mean, it's like that, like when you, like, this happens like normal people as well that you like shit talk about someone else and you just don't care if anyone else is just like listening or the person like you shit talk about is listening because you don't care at all that this happens so it's so fucking great that like they'll be shit talking they'll be doing this and i'll be watching that and then you'll see someone really angry just stomping from across the room who's just been watching fucking everything <laughs> and then they get into these sign language arguments um, which, because they have to be so precise with the movements of their hands, their faces just contort into these incredibly angry caricatures. It's fucking hilarious. They just get furious, and they have to like sign really viciously as hard as they can. They're just these staccato movements, and they they do make like noises. They they sound, and I mean this with all the love in the world. They sound like angry wookies while they're doing this. <laughs> I'm sorry, Vanessa. That is. 100% what you fucking sound like as you go through this. It's funny as shit, but Jesus. She'd, she'd be the first one to admit that as well. Um, yeah, it, it's go to a deaf club. Mm-hmm. It's, it is really fun being kind of, um, ghost into that. Very, uh, sh- not strange, but different. Different landscape from your usual kind of place. Uh, so, right, uh, into the actual film. <laughs> And I was like, we're going to finish this in like half an hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's going to be a, a lot of just skipping through because there's a lot of just back and forth with uh, the guy and her. And a lot of stuff I think I've doubled up on for a lot of the notes anyway. Mm. So it, it shouldn't be too bad. And my voice is dying. I can feel it now, just croaking bit by bit. Um, it, it's going to go from this to like James L. Jones within five minutes. <laughs> So yeah, starting off with a early cooking scene, uh, the lack lack of music at the start, uh, and really defined sound from the pan. There's a lot of stuff in this film, uh, especially during some of the more tense moments, where there's very distinct mm-hmm. sounds that they throw mm-hmm. at you. Uh, the texting is the big one, where you hear that constant beep and tipping. Also, the off. less of like music, background music. They have some background music, but they have tuned it down a lot and they don't they use it very rarely in this one which is for me also like putting a lot into this movie like it it gives like this certain feeling which you don't get from a lot of the other typical slasher movies like you have like the the typical slasher movie music in the typical slasher movies and this one doesn't at all I think that that's one of the and it uh, actually builds up. That's one of my only problems where it gets to the end and it does go a bit over the top mm-hmm. with the music. There's one section of it. Yeah, I mean, that lack of music it it obviously pushes you into a merse to kind of put yourself in her shoes and hear what she hears, which is nothing. Occasionally they do go the full nine yards and put in this um, folio of like a droning audio droning, mm-hmm. which most deaf people they can. I say this in inverted commas, like, hear something, uh, which overtakes everything else. You know, tinnitus, you've got the massive buzzing in the ear, which just drowns everything else out. It's not just nothing. Uh, some people do genuinely have, like, zero push, but for a lot, it is this uh, low groan that 
completely washes out anything. Uh, yeah, the, these you get the shaking of the cat ball as well, the meowing of the cat, just these very recognisable sounds. Um, and later, in, as I said, sliding the door, all this stuff. And because they're so distinctive, they're so pushed, and because you see her not reacting to it, it, mm. it I think it's, it does a better job than if it was completely silent in telling you, yeah, you can hear this, but you can imagine she can't at all. Like, th these are standard stuff, especially that there's no dialogue through it, um, which yeah. would almost feel kind of stilted in any of the film where she goes out and you, you're taken aback somewhat uh, when Sarah finally comes in. She goes out the door and there's obviously nothing. I think it forth, does help, like tell tell a story a lot. Also, like the the ambience it sets with the lack of the music and just like having these ambient noises you would have in the home if you'd be there with her. Um, it, it tells the story a lot better than if they would have like in the first minute. Like, I mean, the first scene is always like, how do we want to portray our main character? How do we want to introduce so that everyone understands the situation? that this character is in and, and what does make this character this character. Um, and I think they do a pretty good job with how they shot the scenes in combination with the lack of music, but putting on the, the ambient sounds is telling quite well without shoving it into your face that she is deaf. I mean, they do mention it then occasionally with the things she does. And, like, and of course, when, when her friends comes in, with the conversation she has. But I think it already, like, from the beginning on, it, it just, like, nudges you in nicely into her situation and, and, uh, and gives you, like, a, a, an easy uh, understanding without, like, That's sure in your face, being yeah. straight on with it, yeah. And, yeah, it obviously also approaches kind of the vulnerability because we can hear the shit and she can't. Um, and all the noises that would all tip you off to danger doesn't do anything for her, like these texts, tapping on the window, none of that. And so with any of the other sounds that come over, I should be, should be screwed, she can't do anything about it. Uh, yeah, you are right. It, it doesn't go overboard, thank God. It's yeah, the, I think that the it term, is like, a very delicate line. Fetishizing the disability, not fetishizing it, but yeah. uh, putting it on as like a show, gimmicking it in a way. Um, Obviously, it's still a gimmick that they're kind of shoving in here, but it's it falls within character. I think they do build a good character. Like, despite the fact that I would have probably cast it differently, with the character and display of the character they build, I think they, they do a pretty good job. With, like, being her a very, very capable woman, because even if you have a disability, you're still, like, a very capable um, person. And I think they do a really good job through the whole um, movie with that. Like, of course, there are still, like, things you have to struggle with, but um, it doesn't, like, it, it can play to your advantage, and it can give you benefits as well. Yeah, I, I know there's a lot of stuff online, uh, more detractions that, I say, she makes stupid decisions. I think she was pretty consistent throughout it, and was relatively smart. Not that I'm bothered really by stupid decisions because mm. I mean I'd be pathetic in these situations as I've always say. Oh, yeah, I'd it, be would you be in the first five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, would you be <laughs> Chuck fucking Norris predator and slice your way out? No you fucking wouldn't. You'd die. Yeah. She she does far better than I would. I'd be panicking. Yeah, it's all that fight, flight I'd or flee probably, shit. Probably like panicked, 
and slip, hit my head at a counter, and I'd be dead. It'd be fucking disappointed. The killer, in that case. Uh, I do do love how the killer at the start is just confused. Because <laughs> he just bangs I mean, on yeah, the window. Yeah, but for him, he's like, why doesn't she notice? Like, I literally killed her friend in front of her door, and like she doesn't even, like, I think like you can see him like struggle with, is she playing with me for a second? <laughs> And up until the point he realizes, oh no, she's not fucking with me. She just doesn't hear. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, I, I can almost see like him mouthing the words under his fucking mask. She's fucking deaf or something. And oh, no, yeah, yeah she, there she is. I, the only other option is, I suppose Maddie's just a sadistic, awful person who doesn't care that Sarah's dead and is just, uh, that's new. Yeah. Name's I mean, gone. that would be kind of a twist that she like ends up being like the hunter. <laughs> She is brave as well. She keeps her uh, doors unlocked oh, yeah. as a deaf woman, which I would not do. I would not do with all my faculties together in the middle of nowhere. That is, yeah, that's uh, yeah. Still, like the the farm life is still very appealing to me, but that is the one major issue I have with it. Is like when you are alone in the middle of nowhere. I would at least have like a fucking massive dog. German farm Shepherd life. or something. This isn't a farm yeah, life. This my... is bourgeois oh, like farm of life. Forest. Yeah, the country. This is the country white girl version of a farm life. Or That's country true, white yeah. boy. You know, I, I don't discriminate between. There are douchebags with guitars sitting about saying, I just need to get away from society, man. I just need to sit here and play my tunes. Get in with nature. I fucking hate those people. The men are worse. The men are far worse. Pretentious <laughs> dickbags. I know she's doing exactly that. Video. Yeah, I've, I've... <laughs> I think it's more a millennial thing. To be fair, I think we've just given up our generation. The millennials had to. Yeah, poke. yeah. It's my it's my generation definitely. That is like okay, we want to go back to nature. Like uh, we try our best to like get our shit together, but we don't. So yeah. So uh, I mean, Sarah's just a star fucker. And she just goes up and starts praising Maddie and her yeah. book and her writing and all that stuff. Uh, it, it's more just to, I mean, introduce him when he gets killed off later and to show the uh, fire alarm mechanics kind of beeping off. Oh, and John, her boyfriend, who's coming in like an hour, I think she says. So you've kind of got a timer. John being the most useless piece of shit in all of this. Yeah, he's quite unfortunate. It's not unfortunate. He's just a moron. All the, of all the stuff he says, I could understand like thinking it's a cop for a second, but then yeah. it's got hit in. And even if you're yeah. trying to play him off, don't turn your back. Don't give all the information out. You're an idiot. Yeah, like I want to see like a badge the first. Day. But then again, like would I? Though, like watching this movie, we're like always like criticizing, like especially in those slasher horror movies, you're like criticizing the actor, uh, the the characters a lot for being like stupid and doing stupid decisions but then i'm like and I, and and as an observer of the situation yes they are fucking stupid always in every movie like running up the stairs who does that but to be fair i don't trust cops now that, so yeah yeah no no in case you don't <laughs> but i think like i'm now saying like oh yeah this is like not i would not believe that dude i would have wanted to see a badge and like otherwise i would have backed off but then again like if someone would have been like good talking me into it 
I probably would have still fallen for the stupidity and like two seconds later regretted my life choices. Oh, he could have got a badge. I still wouldn't have been that cooperative. Yeah. For all this. Apolitical. Maybe, apolitical, maybe I'm, 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 I, I always believe in the good of people, so maybe that's my fault. That is definitely <laughs> where we differ. And Steph differs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't believe in. He doesn't believe in people. <laughs> Don't be so mean. Yeah, I, I mean, the rest of this kind of setup it goes on for fifteen minutes, roughly. You do see the guy; he's he's introduced um, as he kills off Sarah and just slams his head, slams her head against mm -hmm. the door. Uh, for that, yeah, we get ex-boyfriend Craig, who doesn't come into it at all, really. Uh, just some offshoots and a possibility there, but snapped away as she loses her phone, loses her friend's phone, loses the Wi-Fi, all this shit kind of piling up. Uh, also see a book that she's writing away, which introduces a really neat concept, I think. I, I don't know whether I can call it kind of show-don't-tell. Uh, aspect, but because she's deaf, basically, that she says she hears her mom's head kind of telling her how to write and what to do and push this around. And they use that later in the film and here uh, mm -hmm. as a, a kind of incentive of showing her inner monologue or inner thoughts because she can't speak to the audience, obviously, and there's no dialogue otherwise. So it would be monotonous just to watch a deaf woman stare and Yeah, think. I think they needed some sort of media to get her thoughts go like... So, like, if otherwise it would have just been like showing her decisions, but we needed, and especially in the later scenes, we needed some thought processing, um, in order to build up some tension and to to get to the decision. If the if they have, would have just shoved the decision in our faces, I think it would have been a lot more boring. But having her ideas running in her head, they they just needed that as a as a media. Um, yeah, it's kind of meaning for that. I mean, you yeah, get you it. get films where you've got one person stuck on themselves, and obviously they've got no one to talk mm. to, but they'll still speak, even if it's just like expletives, yeah. uh, to keep things going. Just a shit, shit, shit kind of situation, and they're trying to bash about. I'm thinking of the uh, Ryan Reynolds film where he's buried alive. He does talk yeah. through a lot of that because it would be really, really boring otherwise. Uh, film needs that audio to just inform the audience of what they're mm -hmm. actually doing especially it couldn't when have gone with character. different things as well like sometimes like they do it a bit because when she like writes the story she goes on the computer and you see the computer screen and you see her like struggling and she, then she writes things like give me money <laughs> end of book and things like that which kind of like portray her struggle but later on in the movie you couldn't have used some sort of this kind of media to um to portray it because like who would have like well. took the time to like write something down, like write down your thought process when you're like in the middle of being hunted down by a crazy killer? No one would. So it would be irrational. So they needed this kind of like inner monologue as as a thing to I, go for her. I did really like when she was writing down, "Just give me money. I'm screwed. Yeah, shit that was writer." Really cute. <laughs> yeah. I, I could fucking sympathise with that one. Yeah. Poor, poor yeah, sometimes you're just like stuck in, in in your routines, and you're just like you can't you can't get your creativity running, and I I do feel that yeah. Killer, we get introduced as he runs into the house, sneaking up on uh, Maddie, uh, touch a little like dramatic irony using from the deafness, and we get Max, her sister, I think it was. Mm -hmm. uh, I keep getting mixed up with Sarah back and forth as I was writing. No, these, Max uh, is her younger down. sister, if I understand it correctly. 
Yeah, another star fucker. She, she wants that money. She keeps praising <laughs> those bucks. No one's criticised, that's her problem. It's ending, she's mm. got people who just yes-men all around. But well, it's her family and her best friend. They need to be supportive. I, yeah. Oh shit, my brother's music. <laughs> he knows it, it's all for the best. He knows that I'm not a huge fan of that Britpop crap. And that his band name Tarmac is the worst fucking thing ever. If, if I said Tarmac is a good band name, I'd be doing him a massive disservice. That would be awful on my behalf. If you listen to this, Christian, change your fucking band name. <laughs> Best band name. I, I was actually uh, sitting down with my dad, and the one I'd be really happy with if he, if he fucking took it brainstorming. Uh, Death by Acetate. I love that. Death by anyone mm. is welcome to use Death by Acetate. Great fucking band name. Don't know that go to waste. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, Killer sneaking up, uh, and from kind of the Skype call, he does back off fairly quickly after looking over and reading shit. And I think Max sees him kind of at the corner of her eye, mm-hmm. but it, it's all dismissed and the like, which. Oh, it's it. just the cad. Yeah. Yeah. If I was deaf and deaf and mute, I think I'd be a bit more cautious. And in the middle of nowhere, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of a scaredy cat when it comes to massive country house in the middle of nowhere. Not just like a, as as like a deaf person. Like even if it's just like like me, just like a normal woman, like alone in the woods, and you have like I don't know a car drive to your closest neighbor. And I see a movement in the corner of my eyes, I would have packed my bag and left, probably. I know the yeah, city's sorry. actually less safe, but I'd feel safer being surrounded yeah. by people. It's actually, uh, they did uh, studies where they had people who were getting the shit kicked out of them in like the middle of flat, box and, flat blocks and screaming out for help. No one phones the police. The more yeah. people there are, the less chance the individual has to actually do anything because they just think, oh, someone else will do something eventually. It's a sad fucking state. So, I mean, to some extent, you are better off being in the middle of nowhere, statistically at least, but it doesn't fucking feel like it. So that's yeah. all the boogeymen, the things that go bump in the fucking night. Especially if you're deaf and mute, for God's sake. Did we mention the fire alarm? The weird I work? Did, yes. I think, yeah, um, I, I was looking up if that was a thing as well. Uh, mm-hmm. It is. Basically, the vibration mm-hmm. is just so hard that you feel it, and obviously you can see it around the house as well. Uh, this is yeah. other contraption I found um, that's like a PA system, a PDA, that like vibrates on you. you. You keep it in your pocket at all times, and if your alarm goes off, it can sense or hear when alarms are going off, something like that, detect mm-hmm. the sound. And if it can detect one, it starts going off, which is, is kind of neat. Uh, I, have to presume it I mean, you kind of need it, because if you can't hear it, like, uh, yeah. there needs to be some sort of system going for all people. Yeah, I mean, Probably get the kick off after all this when there's an image sent from Maddie's phone which has been nicked by a uh, man. Man in mask. <laughs> a mask that looks... Mm-hmm. Have you seen those old 80s commercials where they had like rejuvenate, rejuvenation uh, facial masks where you put these weird massages over your head? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That were actually sold to people. That look yeah. fucking like this. They look horrific. Just mm-hmm. terrifying things if someone was to pop out. It's like a mannequin's been burnt into someone's fucking forehead. <laughs> yeah, that the mask is awful. But then again, it does its job. They didn't want to give them him, I think, like significant features. They just wanted to take away all of that up until the point he like actually like reveals his face. Which isn't far in, to be fair. 
That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, like twenty minutes in or something. Yeah. I think that's something to be said really about how beyond like a tattoo and a shaven head, um, he's fairly unremarkable. He's just a guy running around. He's not particularly mm-hmm. big. He's not particularly uh, strong by the looks of things. He's just he just happens to have come round here and he's going to fuck with her, which really comes with the whole the, the John Doe situation. You don't know his name. You don't know anything about him. This really is just an unfortunate incident where some fucking psycho's gone. Yeah. You're my target today. <laughs> yeah, um, I like because up until the end, you don't know what his thoughts are, what his motivation is, and I'd really like to like. I mean, it it is part of this storytelling that you don't know what his uh, motivation is, but I'd really want more knowledge on that. Like, I I want to know what's going on in that fucker's brain. Like, why did he chose? That place in the first run, like why? Why did he go up to this house? I think it's Was almost going like to be as Google simple, Maps? yeah, as it's in the middle of nowhere. Practicality, I can kill them. Yeah, but like I, I don't see him. Like, like was he driving around like the last two days and being like, "Well, what is a good place where I can flash some people? Hmm, let's go left here and look around." Just like <laughs> this would have been interesting to me. If you're gonna go for it. Uh, if you're gonna go kill some people, I think in the middle of nowhere is decent, decent time. To, I mean, to fair actually, I think in America you're liable to get shot, especially in these country yeah. houses in the middle of nowhere. So I'd be cautious bringing just a fucking crossbow in. Yeah, like it could have gone like so differently this movie if she'd like ignored him killing her friend and then just like grabbed under the pillow, got out a shotgun and just like blew him away. <laughs> It would have been a short movie, though. I don't know if he just ignored her entirely. She'd have ignored him entirely. Just hadn't seen him. All the doors were locked, and he just couldn't do anything. Yeah. Just goes fucking home after getting sick of it. It would have been like, <laughs> like two days, and she'd just be like cooking inside, like eating, and like doing like pancakes in the morning. And he'd just be still sitting outside and like waiting for her. <laughs> Just smacking his head against the window in frustration <laughs> with Sarah just fucking bopping alongside him. She just doesn't notice. And he put, I like the complete coincidence. Like, as he goes out on a piss break, she drives off and he's, fuck's yeah. sake. Oh, poor fucker. Uh, yeah, he looks like a nobody, which I think really adds to just the, the complete randomness of everything that's going down. Uh, he doesn't have tattoos. He doesn't look particularly disheveled. He's not some uh, homeless nutter who's going around killing stuff. He is just a complete psycho who's happened to go around. Uh, is, is yeah, I'm glad well. that he doesn't look like the Outback psycho. Like they could yeah. have gone like full on Outback psycho, psycho, and like like other movies did. And and I'm really glad they didn't because that would have like ruined it for me completely. I like that they just like cast someone who just like looks like an average person. Yeah, when I think of other like complete psychopathic killers, I do think big build, like, intimidating, uh, strong, and you can kind of point them out of a crowd. You've got uh, the guy from Wolf Creek, uh, John, I can't remember his second name now, but he's massive. He's got mm. a big, very distinctive white moustache. You could picture him easily, uh, point him out in a crowd of fucking a thousand. You've got your, you know, Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers, who are tall as shit. Have the masks mm. and stuff. He's just so undistinctive throughout all of this, and it yeah, it, it's just a complete random act. He's jumping out, 
Uh, the mask itself, I mean, beyond, again, looking like the fucking rejuvenate masks, does work a lot. And that kind of expressionless um, state, uh, it almost has a, a weird uncanny effect of changing uh, during the moment. You kind of see the expression on it. There's a, almost a smirk at one point mm. as he's, he's staring in. And you get an idea of when everything's clicking, even though you can't see him. For all of it, it's, it's a fun thing. Um, as this all kind of kicks off and she sees the mobile phone coming through, uh, he like, like almost immediately, to be fair, um, puts in, yeah, he slashes the tires and then he almost mm-hmm. immediately takes his mask off because she puts like a little anti ransom note, a kind of, I haven't seen you, just, just leave and I'm happy. Just to. go away, yeah. Uh, and then he, he takes off his mask. Uh, to have another kind of little, little twist that he's just doing this to be a cunt. Mm-hmm. And that's when she realizes as well. I mean, to be honest, it was like pretty obvious from the beginning. I, no one I mean, wears who, a mask. Because who, yeah, who wears a mask, comes up to a house, kills a girl just in front of it, slams her against the window like a, a fucking doll, and then like knocks on the window and like tries to get your attention and everything, does like secret stalker pictures of you just to basically put you off like if it would have been like a normal robbery or something it would have like she she would have been dead in the first second like they would have gone in okay there's someone in we have to kill her or at least like knock her out or whatever and then like start robbing instantly so at this point she should have already been aware that he does it for the funds or whatever his reasoning is i have a shot i suppose and if he had gone like, oh, yeah. shit, fair enough, and just left. Yeah, just like shrugged his shoulders like, okay, bye. It's See shot. you next uh, winter. There's no, uh, yeah, there's no downsides. Whisper makeup, so yeah, yeah why not? Uh, and she, she's coming up with solutions in her head as quickly as possible, stuff she can do. Uh, I really do like how in the first half she stays in the house when she can. Uh, mm-hmm. she, she has it as her own kind of sanctuary and you get part later where she's picking the phone out of her friend's pocket and this, the message on, where she seems mm-hmm. to be doing basically everything in her power to not have to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Yeah, it, it, it's great. She really does keep that. And she has to really push herself to eventually unlock the door and try to start the car and go down. And then she ends up hiding under the patio for all this. Because she's scared. She wants yeah, some, I mean, yeah, some you protection. don't make rational uh, decisions in, in those kind of situations. Um, but I think, like, staying in the house, like, locking all the doors was the smartest thing she could have done. But then again, like, this is America. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, they have, like, single glass windows, mostly. Yeah, single pane, which you can get through. But yeah. much trouble. Double Sorry. pane, good luck. Or at least it's harder. Yeah, yeah I mean, all these fucking zombie films where they just crash through the, the windows. Yeah, no, you're just going to yeah. smack into it and bounce off. Nine <laughs> times out of ten. Fucking comically. Yeah, but yeah the, the single pane shit. It's going to be slashed and smashed in without much trouble. Yeah, so at she all. eventually would have to leave. So that that's what I think she thought as well as like, I can make this like go on for so long, but eventually I have to leave. But also, like, leaving with him out there hunting her, she's in disadvantage. Because she's probably not as fast as him, and she 
doesn't have any protection and he has a fucking crossbow, so of course she tries to like stay inside as long as she can and like stay protected as long as she can, but Yeah, while yeah, she kind of eventually... builds up the courage and everything to actually be able yeah. to do it. And there are moments where she probably could have legged it. But I mean again, you put in that perspective where you're hearing all these noises, um so mm -hmm. you understand she isn't. And that there's always that thought in the back of your head that I mean she can't hear him at all. You could be anywhere, you could be around any point, which is where the fear comes in again and why she contains herself to the house for the vast majority of the film. Uh, I wouldn't run myself. I'd be shitting mm -hmm. myself scared. And there's a few instances as well where she nearly gets out, she pushes for a window, she does this, and he nearly gets to her. And I think mm -hmm. that's that's in an attempt to basically say, look, I'm in control here, get back in the fucking house. I don't think he was ever really going to go in. Um but more just telling her, yeah, I can if I want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just playing with you. I'm toying with you. Yeah. Through that, because I know there's points where he basically gets his hands stuck and she hammers him in uh, in one mm -hmm. section. I get the feeling he was never intended to go in. Or if he was, he was going to go in, hit her a bit, and leave. Mm -hmm. uh, he was never going to actually kill her then and there. It's just so she knows, yeah, I can. I can do that if I feel mm -hmm. like it. Um. Yeah, in terms of the deafness as well, the only other part I had some problems with, and my friends did as well, uh, Vanessa had some problems with, uh, the lip reading here, pretty much impossible. <laughs> like the bit where she's got yeah. the, the uh, stuff on the, the window, he really needs to exaggerate his fucking mouth movements because I couldn't see shit, she couldn't see shit. Uh, I imagine mm -hmm. you couldn't. No, I probably, like, even if I'd be able to lip read, I, I wouldn't have been able to do it in that situation because, uh, yeah, with the window and the lights on, like, looking outside, like, the other way around, it would have been, like, no problem. But with him standing outside with the reflective window now. I mean, even with, like, I tried muting it. And even with the, the camera work where you can see him de fucking defined and out and he's lit well, I couldn't read a thing. I could mm -hmm. see fucking anything. He's so subtle with some of the mm -hmm. movements. And her, like, nodding her head. Fuck knows how she managed any of that. Best fucking eyes in the business. Took her one mm -hmm. thing. I mean, that, that's, yeah, where he takes his mask off. He goes through all this back and forth. And then it, it's more a cat and mouse where mm -hmm. Maddie tries to find a way to get out and he does his best to keep her in the house throughout. It, it was a pretty good fucking job of it. Really, mm -hmm. uh, I, yeah. Hammer going into the arm as he takes the phone from Sarah as well, smashes that stuff. Uh, there's stuff where she managed to get out, and she uses the vibrations under the floorboards to try to hear him, which is a really nice inclusion from the deaf angle. Mm -hmm. it, it's a just a lot of back and forth. There's a roof bit where um, he has some. Yeah, really... there are a lot of moments where you just like stop breathing yourself because you're like, oh my god something's gonna fucking happen like why do, why are you doing this girl like the the roof scene oh i hated it i, I mean i like it but like this was one of the scenes where i was like this is going so wrong this is going so wrong she's just gonna fall off something's gonna happen and i mean that's exactly what they wanted to do with these scenes they build up the tension even more and yeah yeah it's a semi jump scare as the, the crossover mm -hmm. comes through which i think i do preferred it personally if you could hear the running um, hmm. not directionally, I think, if there was just ambient running from somewhere and you go, is he running into the forest to get the flashlight or is he running back? And to just ramp it up 
even further. Mm-hmm. But I suppose what it wants you to do is kind of feel what she feels, where it comes out of fucking nowhere. It just mm-hmm. slams in. Uh, I'm, I'm presuming he, he saw her, ran back, aimed, and then fired. He just had time mm-hmm. to, to push through. I, yeah, she I mean, ends up getting back in after that, closing off. She gets hold of the crossbow uh, in mm-hmm. all the back and forths. She has some trouble as well, pushing it, um, pulling it up, which you would. Which I really uh, like. Yeah, that that's a really good uh, description of how um, it would actually go because he's a male. He has probably a lot more strength in his arms than she has. So, of course, he picked a crossbow that has, like, harder to pull uh, strength. This thing looked like it had a solid 120, 150 mm. pound um, poundage on the string. These things are fucking hard to pull back. 80 poundage is, that's like your minimum with these big hunting crossbows. And that's that's smaller. And this looked larger. And I mean, I couldn't pull it back. I'd really struggle. Mm. You, do, you do need to use your feet and kind of push against it, pull. Mm-hmm. But you need to train for that as well. And you need to have strength through in your arms and a war bow is impossible to fucking take back uh it, and this is basically just a war bow but with your legs helping out a touch you really need to build up that arm strength and yeah there's no fucking way she'd manage this in one go um mm-hmm. i mean it cuts on her hand as well that desperation as she keeps pulling up at it and it keeps injuring her massively which again it would it fucking hurts to get mm. this string bounced back i'm sure someone's had just a slingshot smack against the hand. It really hurts. That's also what I think is nicely shot in this movie. There's also another scene. I think she gets she get uh, hit by a bow. She has the wound on her leg at some point. Yeah, she right? gets hit oh. by the crossbow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then she goes into the bathroom, and you have like this this scene of her like trying to like get herself like with a, a self made bandaid thingy. Um, wrap herself up and it, I think it's really nicely shot because it like doesn't give you much noise but it gives you like her facial expressions a lot which kind of plays in a lot with this uh, deaf character I think and, and I really like that you can see her like really struggling always in her face and like see the pain in her face and I think that's really good acted yeah I, it has to be I suppose because you've got no sound whatsoever to demonstrate mm-hmm. that to indicate that and so she has to do it entirely through uh facial patterns which again um mm-hmm. it's well done when her uh, fingers are crushed and trapped and mm-hmm. he starts fucking stomping on them and really mm-hmm. bashing them in again you can see her squirming you can see her face just contort into this completely pain grimace uh, mm-hmm. and you can hear the scream almost internally in her mm-hmm. own head you can hear her yep. desperately wanting to let something out Nothing coming through. It it looks so fucking painful. Some of the stuff in this, yeah. it's brutal. Um, a lot of the hits, especially that door bit, that really kind of biting my hand during that section. I think all the scenes they did was like, I mean, to be fair for a slasher movie, I think they do not a lot of harm. No, but I don't think any of it's very clean. But, it's very but, dirty. Yeah, but I think they do it very realistically. Like, in a lot of slasher movies, you have, like, a lot of guts and blood and, like, everything is very over-exaggerated with, with the killing. Like, if you look at, for example, I don't know, like, Hostel or something like that, um, everything just needs to be, like, 
worse than the last like everything needs to be more worse and like more brutal um and they i think do the exact opposite well it just means that the the times where it happens it's uh hits home a lot more yeah exactly exactly i think they do like very realistically harm to to both of the of the main characters um with her being shot with her fingers and everything i think it's like it's it's so painful to watch because you can relate to it a lot better than I think you can to like a mania killer uh, tying you in a I don't know saw two uh, version. I mean, even just I like a that... machete through the head or machete in, like yeah. the chest. It it feels and not not filmy because it can be done uh, very grittily and very down. Mm. But there's I said nothing's clean in this. There's no like machete that goes into the shoulder and you can see it moving down. You can hear the crack and the crunch on every single thing. And yeah, these things go in kind of haphazardly, crookedly, the crossbow bolts. When she gets her fingers kicked in, you can see mm-hmm. the kind of boot tracing on top of them. Yeah. Uh, and when it's, it's bashed, you can see kind of the, the backing on the door as it pushes in. Nothing is professional. Um, not, not in terms of that it doesn't look realistic. It does look very realistic. But you feels amateur on the killer's side. Yeah, and it feels realistic. I think it just feels realistic. It feels like something... I mean, despite the fact that it's it's a psycho killer that just wants to hunt down women, apparently, which is very unrealistically, but despite of that, it, it, I think the, the harm they do is very realistic, and that's what's making it even worse. I think if they'd gone, like, over the top with how he is hunting her down and, and like... If it would have been like really professional, or if it um, the, it wouldn't just be like the simple thing as the crossbow, and everything basically in a household that you have at hand, it wouldn't be that good. Yeah, you wouldn't have that. Professionals don't tend to go around killing random people in country houses. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you never know PTSD, <laughs> and I hate. Bone breaking noise, and I felt it with the fingers so bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I I just hate that. But it, no, it was it was really good. But but I feel it on so many levels. I don't know. Well, that's nice, the lack of sound, and then that cracks yeah. in. Uh, you hear the door yeah. start to slide, then you hear the smack down, and then same with the hammer. Like you hear the impact go in, mm-hmm. and you can yeah. you can almost feel our hand kind of vibrating as that hammer goes in. And he jumps back and screams. Uh, you can feel as well when John, the fucking idiot, gets his neck stabbed in and just sliced He's down. He's so stupid. Can we talk about how stupid oh, he is? But I, then again, I probably yeah. would be the same stupid. But... No, no. I, you, there's no way you would give away everything from someone oh, who no. has a yeah. neck tattoo, bold, with no badge, no gun, no nothing, who's yeah. frankly not doing a great job. And I think the film knows he isn't doing a great job. There is one Yeah, line. I think I would have just been like, I, I mean, I still would probably be friendly with him, but I would have been like, okay, this dude is like some random person, homeless dude who just like runs up to this house and like, I don't know, trying to rob it or something. That's probably what I thought. Yeah, that'd be my first fucking thought. Looking at the guy, no uniform, plains clothes yeah. cop in the middle of nowhere with no partner. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, like, what is guys. he doing there? Why is he here? At the very least, you don't turn your back on the guy. Uh, yeah. I mean, as well, John knocking on the door and shouting for her. Touch pointless, mm-hmm. mate. 
She's deaf. Yeah. You know she's deaf. And he should know that, yeah. <laughs> For his girlfriend. In that level of... Jesus Christ, man. I mean, he does, like... I think, like, there is a point where he realizes that he did something stupid. Did he just, like... I mean, I think he gave the other dude the phone, right? The, the killer the phone. Yeah, that's the thing. He realizes the right killer thing? says something... Uh, I can't remember yeah. what the exact line dialogue is, but it kind of clicks for him. But by that point, he said so much crap, and he continues yeah. saying some crap after it kind of clicks, and he turns his back on the guy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it gets exactly what he deserves. Yeah, it gets... I mean, he's kind of like the first girl that's killed in a movie pendant as a male version. <laughs> like, in every bad horror movie, you have the stupid girl like the half naked stupid girl that always gets killed uh, that's him which i think maddie actually <laughs> semi becomes after that she, this is the only like portion that did piss me the fuck off where as she sees um john strangling after he gets stabbed down strangling the killer she doesn't do anything yeah fucking waits it's not until her cat's in danger that she does a fucking thing i i know that to an extent, obviously, she goes through some contention in her own mind. She has a mom talking to her, um, imaginatory, obviously, after mm-hmm. this. And that's where she kind of brings up the the energy to, yeah, I'll, I'll kill him. Because that's mm-hmm. the only real option here. Uh, you see, there's a really good sequence where she goes through ideas in her head of how to escape and mm-hmm. dies in all of them. Yeah. I mean, it's still kind of like, okay, but like, it plays into her. The, uh, yeah, I know that they have to do like this inner monologue, as I've already said. But um, her, like, coming up with so many ideas, I know it kind of, like, plays into her being, like, a, a writer, and, and I think she does, like, thriller or something like that. I don't think she writes romance. No, I, she um, writes Midna- Midnight Mass. I think that's the book she's writing. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't get uh, that. Reading up around oh, that. Nice. Yeah, that's what she's going through. It's all visualising okay, what she's yeah, doing. She's so a writer, it, it, she's got, she's deaf, she's mute, so she has to visualise everything. Yeah, but like, that she like, I, I think in in that situation, I don't know if I would have been able to come up with so many ideas. Would have probably just like run for the first stupid thing I could imagine and then ended up being dead. Like, going through all of this in your head and being like, okay, and then this happens, and this happens, and I'm dead. And then this happens, and this happens, oh, and then I'm dead. Like, this is kind of like the... Um, how they, they portrayed it is kind of like this, okay, we have, like, this um, super intelligent brain person who is able to um, go through, like, ideas within a second. And almost got comical as well. That intelligent for me in the beginning, like like it gets yeah. like this, like super intelligent, comical, yeah, nearly. I, uh, it just she goes through so many versions of her dying that you, you almost expect mm. her to like grab a fucking duvet cover, go on the roof, and try to glide out like a <laughs> flying squirrel, or just making like a, a fucking prison rope, or digging her way through a fucking foundation and trying to go under him and. Yeah, uh, there were so many different ideas. It started to get a bit fucking mm-hmm. funny. Uh, thank it, I don't think it goes on too long. <laughs> Luckily, yeah. it, she does eventually come yeah. to the conclusion that like, I'm gonna have to shoot him. I have to kill him. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank fuck before he kills the cat. <gasps> oh, the cat! Yeah, oh, oh the cat. <laughs> the kitty's alive. Cat's fine. Yeah. I mean, 
Bless God. I mean, Did... they would have killed that cat. I would have been really mad. I don't. I don't like animals being hurt in movies. You know, it's. I mean, fake, kill like, all the people. You know, you know it's people... usually fake. I know it animals. is fake. I know it is fake. But like, kill all the people. I don't care. But like, harm an animal and like hits me right in the heart. That's my soft spot. Yeah. He's not above doing it either. Flanagan has killed off pets. Yeah. He is. He is actually fucking prolific in killing off loving pets. I, I suppose he's done a lot of Stephen King stuff, so... And Stephen King fucking pet cemetery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you get the fucking chance, he'll, he'll write an animal into a story pointlessly just to kill it off. <laughs> he loves doing that shit. That's what, that's what Coke does to you. That's what Coke Probably. does to writers. It makes you kill animals just willy-fucking-nilly. Around. Uh, yeah. Willish shoots at him as he goes for the cat, and then we pretty much get into the last like five minutes, which is just an all-out brawl between her and Guy. And the guy is winning through most of it um, until the tables are slightly turned when she uses her own uh, disability in her favour and mm-hmm. takes the fire alarm. And this this thing does look overwhelmingly uh, mm-hmm. so sensory overwhelmment. I'm sure there's a, there's a term somewhat, yeah, some of the sensory overwhelming, where she just turns it on. And they, these things flash, they are loud enough to cause vibrations. So that's the idea. It has to wake you up if you're asleep and there's a fire, and obviously the sound ain't going to do shit. So it has to physically push you along. It's that fucking loud. So, yeah, he, he would drop to the ground and scream. Mm-hmm. As he does. The, these things are miserable. Uh, I've seen uh, mm-hmm. images online, I had a look. After going through it, uh, if you get like a, a normal guy just jumping in who can hear shit, he can't hear shit after. He fucking needs these things. They're almost yeah. like a, it's almost how to sell them. You just set them up and people have to buy them <laughs> after they're exposed to this shit. <laughs> Great throw market. how they do it. <laughs> but yeah, I like how they like, keep, like it keeps running and like in all the struggling scenes that happen after when she when they are like fighting for their lives basically um she, like you have like this flashing light in the background and I, and I really like that oh, they it, take away the sound again but they keep the flashing light going yeah they they put smoke in the room you can see uh, some mm-hmm. of the reflection as well which is really lovely it's subtly done enough that you have to kind of look for it but that reflection against the entire house is really beautiful. This kind of blue mm-hmm. pushing around, pulsating blue and kind of um, fluorescent white, really, I suppose, mm-hmm. that flows through. The, the sound turns off as well eventually as you put back in kind of Manny's perspective. Uh, once he retakes control and starts getting ready to strangle her and push her down, you're kind of thrown into the, this more you know, heartbeat, kind of um, low thumping stuff. And uh, she fucking kills him. <laughs> Again, in she a kills him with a, what was it, a corkscrew. Corkscrew, yeah. yeah. There's no knife. There's no um, machete being grabbed and kind of shoved into the side of his head or a hatchet. It's just a corkscrew. That's mm-hmm. fucking brutal. Again, it just goes straight into his neck. Then I'm like, are you able to shove it? And I think it goes out on the other side, right? He just she shoved it basically through her his neck. I think it's like a one I cork remember. as well. She like holds it with two hands. Uh, one hand, yeah. I mean, two fingers kind of around either side of the cork, and then this... Yeah. yeah, and just shoves it in, but I think it comes out, like, you can't, you have, like, this, uh, 
blood coming from the from the front of his neck or like the side front of his neck. I don't so, think it went I, as a perfect you... line through. I think it almost kind of went through the front and back out the front, just kind of. Mm. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, then, are, are they are they that long? I don't think they are that long, right? Uh, I don't know. Like I, I don't drink wine, so it looks cool. Yeah. As it pushes it in. does like this scene is really cool yeah and then he like drops on top of her and then she like struggles and they're lying next to each other and like you have like this kind of like near to death scene with with the camera going up and it's really nice yeah and then the poor fucking police have to make a report on this <laughs> I... yeah then again i'm like always like what happens like after all of these films like there are like a lot of films that like act in the same kind of way um where you have like the 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 main female character as the lone survivor of things eric are they put to prison are are people actually like believing their story like in this one i think it's like kind of like still like very realistically and you have like definitely like an intruder that doesn't belong there it's in, in her house so like okay she she gets away with it but there are a lot of movies where it but, something supernatural or so and then you still have like the lone survivor woman with like her whole family killed in the house i'm like do they actually get away with that <laughs> that's what i'm wondering or are they getting arrested and then like sent to prison for life <laughs> even though a fucking zombie killed family or I, a fucking ghost you say fucking intruder there is a film in the late 80s where yeah so what happens <laughs> um that that really. Someone also thought about it. Nice. <laughs> yeah, with the supernatural, uh, the old Edgar Allan Poe story, where a guy um, is in a Groundhog Day and eventually kills his family, and then he wakes up the next day. I don't think you can explain that one to the court of law. I don't think Groundhog, no. as much as film and media like to say that a demon made me do it or I'm crazy, work. They really fucking don't. No, it doesn't. Like especially like if you're if you're a normal sane person, like you cannot. Uh, play for uh, played for insanity. There's no. like nothing. Like insanity doesn't happen. I mean insanity in 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 the kind of way that you would use it in law. Um, it doesn't happen. Like you just don't get mad or like you get uh, like I mean those things are usually like a psychosis. Uh, you uh, but you would have to suffer like a very severe psychosis to just like randomly start killing your family and it just does not randomly happen. It, there would have been other moments where a person would have acted like weird and strange. So yeah, I, I don't think that you could just be like the demon made me do it. Like, um, but yesterday I was like still working in the bank and I was like perfectly running my life and everything was fine. But then in the evening, the demon made me do it. Oh, if I was a demon, I'd 100. If I was a ghost, I mean, I wouldn't obviously kill anyone, but I would fuck with someone. Mm -hmm. I would commit crimes oh, and definitely. go prove it, you bitch. Good luck. Yeah, I definitely be like sitting in someone's living room and annoy the shit out of them until they're like going like literally insane. I think that that would be my thing. <laughs> you just know it goes. If they would kill the fucking family, you go, oh, that was me. I did that. Hmm. Shit. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, she, she's going to be driven back to the station because these poor fucking cops who see just dead bodies everywhere. And then how do we question her? She's fucking mute and deaf. Great. Yeah. Okay, so we now have to wait for, like, uh, another cop coming in from, like, town, like, at least 30 miles away that can actually speak sign language. <laughs> oh, they're in the middle of nowhere at night. This is going to be a pain in the ass paperwork-wise for everyone involved. 
I mean, at least she does understand them because she can lip read. Um, so she can actually write down their answers. I think that's the easiest way. That's gonna take so. That's gonna be such a nightmare. It's still a little, yeah. And yeah, uh, hush. A pretty solid. I'm not say the best thing in the world, but in terms of kind of these gimmicky slashes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of the best, I'd say. It's one of the best out there. It's one that utilizes the gimmick incredibly well and managed to peel it into the narrative without it coming off as gimmicky. Yeah. With a character that, yeah, I, I think I agree with you that if they'd have had a deaf girl in, very similar to like A Quiet Place, the child they had in that. Very good fucking actress, mm-hmm. really good. Or the one that won an Oscar recently. Um, which mm-hmm. the name escapes me entirely. A Quiet Place still doesn't make... Okay, but that's another decision. Oh, a Quiet Place is awful all the way through um, it, it, otherwise. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. No. Why Why would this girl... Like, if someone would be loud, it would be her. It yeah. doesn't make sense completely because if you're deaf, then you don't hear sounds and if you're deaf like i mean she she was like in hush she was i think 13 so she would have an understanding of what like certain movements do sounds for but i think the girl in a quiet place was like deaf from the beginning or like pretty young yeah she, she was completely so, so you don't have an understanding of for example like you put down a glass or you stump or like you don't have an understanding of what that sounds like i'm not so, saying the writing's good her performance though is taken it it doesn't step. make sense it just doesn't make sense like in a, to be honest like anything but a deaf person would be the person the best person to survive in a quiet place I know that. like ev- everyone with good hearing would be good because they would hear things and they could like avoid noises but like without hearing noises you can't avoid the noise they did okay this movie just oh, there, there are plot holes fucking it's basically steph's wet fucking dreams to go for a quiet place so you can point out like, a million things, and it is yeah, it, it's borderline. Yeah, quite place, just like it, it, it is, it is like I don't want to say it's a bad movie because like the the imagery is very nice, the monsters are well made, the deaths are kind of cool. Like the idea of this movie is really great, but things like that just set me off completely, and I'm like, no, I can't watch it, I can't continue. That that, that it. for me so is stupid. there's a gimmick in the film, and that doesn't work fully. It's not utilized in a way. <sighs> It's not utilized in a way that improves the film. Whereas in this, it's utilized in a way and wrote around that it improves every section, every aspect of it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just a, a very, very solid, like, 7 out of 10 slasher. Yeah. If you like slashers, this is the one to go, I would um, say. Yeah. Because... Uh, I mean, it... to make a slasher good, you can either go into, like, this direction. Or you can go into kind of, like, a comically... Campy as shit. Kind of, yeah... Do like a very like satirical kind of version of a slasher movie. These are the only ways it works. Doing like a normal air quotes slasher movie doesn't work. Not it anymore. Have to, like, for, no, yeah. Not after the eighties yeah. saturation of the genre. It's been I mean it it did with Scream One and then it was done. <laughs> Don't get me started on Scream. That the first four the first are great, the fifth one is shit. I haven't even watched it far. I hate I, it. I think I have stopped at the second one or so, but like the first one was decent. I was like, I don't know, 12 years old or so. I'm that was really in the minority on that one, to be fair. On Screen 5, yeah. I hate Screen 5. <laughs> With a passion. Um, oh yeah, uh, in terms of otherwise, I both recommend this. In terms of stuff we'd recommend if you enjoyed this shit, 
I'd actually, I would say Dark Glasses by Dario Argento recently about Blind Woman. It is quite good. It is quite fun. If you're willing to get through some kind of 80s throwback cheese in it. Uh, with Asia Argento playing the lead as well, his daughter, who isn't great, I'll be honest. It's not a great film, but it's kind of fun. I suppose Mike Flanagan's stuff as well. The rest of his catalog. Yes, if if you wanna if you wanna like have something that is similar but like a bit more in the supernatural kind of sense, Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass is amazing. This is the first. Uh, maybe I'm biased because uh, the supernatural creature in it is uh, my favorite in all of the supernatural world. But and I don't want to spoil because you don't realize until like the oh, fourth episode or so what it is. And it would give away like the the whole thing of the series. Yeah. But um, if you like the supernatural and you like this movie, this was like a combination of both, and it's really good. It's probably the best thing he's done. Midnight Mass, I mean, I'm think. Yeah. I'm trying to think for all. It is. Yeah. It is shot so perfectly. Like also, like the the visuals in this in Midnight Mass are. Mm, only, I really liked it. Only problems for the comparison is there is a lot more fucking dialogue in Midnight Mass and so many sodding monologues. And on, yeah, and on, they are awfully written. Yeah, I, yeah. Go yeah. back to your mute characters, Mike. <laughs> Less monologuing, and then it's perfect. Oh, wait, I think Midnight Mess is still pretty good. On that note, uh, thanks for listening. Have a good one.